Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. And we are minus Jared and minus Billy. Uh, previous engagements, they are very busy cats. This is a big high time of year, for, especially for Jared and and uh, Billy is is touring, uh, doing a little tour uh, with his band. Um, and some well-deserved time. And off. some well-deserved time. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled <laughs> to death that you are listening to our show. And boy, do we have a very, very exciting show Who's for on? You. Who's on? It's, oh, wait, who, who are you, guest? My name is Alan Johannes, or like my mom would like to say, hear me say is Alain. Johannes, because she liked this actor named Alain Delon, so my name is Alain with an I, A-L-A-I-N, which no one can say. I, I am a, such a fan of early Alain Delon. I, I, oh, there you oh, go. Le so Cirque Rouge, it. are you kidding me? Le Samurai, nice. those are two of the greatest movies one. ever. Yes. Handsome Devil, too. I, I don't know what that, that had nothing to do with me being named that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a little known fact, um, also one of my favorite records of all time, the Queen is Dead. Ah, the Smiths. By the Smiths. Uh, yes. That's Alan Delon on uh, on the cover of that. Oh, I didn't know wow. that. Wow. Yeah, from the end of Le Cirque Rouge, when he's, you know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. Yes. Uh, more coincidences to pile onto your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As there are so many. Starting um, now. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you aren't aware of our guest, we are going to help do that, um, but you're going to have to go in on a deeper dive. It's pretty extensive history. But Alan, would you uh, mind telling people where people can find things that you're doing right now on the internet so they can go check you out? Well, let's see. Uh, so Johannes, right, A-L-A-I-N-J-O-H-A-N-N-E-S, that's my handle for my Instagram, which is where... I pretty much focus all my daily uh, creative activities. You know, I started like 10 years ago on it. And I remember when it, you could do 15 uh, second video. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. Um, and <laughs> I just like my little sketch pad, I actually wrote my second solo record uh, from based on little improvisations on Instagram. So that's that. And there's alanyohannes.com and there's Wikipedia. And I've been around for a while, you know, and uh, I've done some stuff and some of it, some of it, because just the nature of my personality, it, it, you might not know it was me inside it, but I've been very, very blessed to have had a, a, a long, long life in, in the music um, and been a part of a lot of cool stuff that you might not know uh, I was a part of, you know? Yes. And yeah. we'll dig into that list um, uh, it, it, it later on in the show. But um, I think if you're not aware of Alan, um, you, you are, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some fantastic stuff to get through. One of one of the things, um, and Alan, I would love to hear your, you weigh in on this too. Um, we get great, uh, you know, letters and emails and everything, even even real letters. Get some real letters. That's right. It's fun. I love that. The best yeah. ones are coming on $20 bills. Yeah. <laughs> are you um, kidding me? Have you write a letter on a $20 bill? No. <laughs> oh, dude, that's but it would be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can like only little, dream. Like yeah. So, uh, Alan, we've got um, a really wonderful 
Patreon um, supporter group, and uh, one of one of our supporters is Don Kloss, mm. and uh, he says. Hey guys, thanks a heap for the t-shirt I recently received. We give away a lot of stuff to our listeners. Um, It was nice. It was a nice surprise. Uh, I got it worn at our first band practice after I got it. He's getting to the question. Hang on. It's not all about a (laughs) t-shirt. A question for any of you. And little did he know we'd be talking to you, Alan. Um, Mm -hmm. With a Fender Blues Deluxe to run a Fender GE 112 extension cabinet or not. I have one and am torn on the tonal benefit of using it. It supposedly brings out mid-range sound. I don't hear it so much, and I have a hard time getting a clean tone with any humbucker guitar. I'd love to jettison it if I get no sound benefit from using it. I prefer humbuckers and only play single coils if the other guys are both using humbuckers. Just trying to even out the sound... Thanks in advance for the input. Rock on, knobs. Don Kloss. So, Tony, can you kind of maybe decipher that uh, for the folks out there? That, that was a lot of back yeah, and forth. Yeah, so he, it sounds like he, he's got, I believe it's a 112 combo. Yeah. And he's questioning whether or not or what the benefits might be to run a 112 extension cabinet in conjunction with the speaker that's already inside. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing that the the amp itself, the combo, is an open back, and I'm guessing that the extension cabinet is a closed back. Yeah. Um, it's like the one that I had. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's, okay. He, it's a, almost the exact setup. Gotcha. So um, in my opinion, especially in the live situation, I think having two speakers certainly increases your SPLs, sound mm-hmm. pressure level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, that always helps to, especially live. Now, if you're in a studio, it's not as critical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would definitely, I mean, if you can, if you have the ability to run the extension cabinet, the closed cabinet is going to be a little more MIDI. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, that in combination with an open back from the combo, I think would be a great combination. Yeah. Alan? Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna watch. He's gonna watch the homage too, and make sure that that he's he's good on that. You know, yeah, depending that's on true. what the yeah. I would uh, also, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna um, happen a I few would, times tonight, would, ladies and gentlemen. Pass the lamb. <laughs> he, he, he's calling I'm, from I'm Chile, here, so <laughs> I'm far down in Chile, and I'm in, in a basically like a farm. And so the, the fact that we're even having this conversation is a miracle with the local uh, internet. Um, so I would actually put that cab. Uh, what's going to happen is that if he puts it uh, on the other side of, of the stage, say, then it opens up the, you know, it's, it might not be as much volume in front of him, but it really does spread the sound out. And maybe what, what, what also would be, that's what I used to do with, a, with an extra cab is running on the other side. And also to be able to, uh, to maybe, you know, not push the, I, I forgot if that's a, it doesn't have a master volume that amp, right? It's just a single volume. Ooh. Uh, I believe it is a single volume. Yes, it yes, is. It is so just a single volume because so uh, it would appear louder, and he, and he wouldn't have to push it as hard, you know, and yeah. uh, uh, and 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 get spongier like on the, the preamp stuff. And I mean, I mean, you could even try like instead of a twelve, like an eighteen or a four ten or something with a you know, given that the om- or two ten, hmm. you know, given that the images or just forget that it, I've run my combos into into like a four twelve and just forget the original bypass the um, or the initial speaker. Initial speaker and just use it like a head, you know. Yeah. yeah. It just sounds. It sounds like what's happening 
maybe even try lowering the pickups a little bit because because maybe he's just pushing mm. too much into it and it's getting a little bit muddy um where with, with, with a fender sometimes i i like to like in crooked vultures i use a twin and i use the basement and i just use the clean sound on those and then got all the stuff uh up from the pedals you know yeah but i definitely found that, it, that if my, my 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 more higher output humbuckers i would just lower them a little tiny bit and stuff and you know just playing it around but it's definitely going to be a benefit i think it's going to enjoy it because that's a it's a pretty nice amp yeah yeah alan you make a good point because I think a lot of times people tend to have their pickups too high, mm -hmm. and yeah. that really does affect the overall sound. The magnetic bloom. In the bloom. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the bloom. But, I'm uh, sorry, you're too close. You're too, back off, please, back off. But, you know, you know it's amazing it's just, if you play around a little yeah. bit and drop the you know, your pickups down, and it, whether it's humbuckers yeah. or single coils. I mean, yeah. if you have them too close to the strings – you can end up uh, a little messy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the attraction is that you think you're getting all the sustain, but at some point what's going to happen is that the, the magnetic field is going to impede the natural motion of the string vibration. You know, yep. that is true. you, you want to let that just do its thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I find like, just, just, you know, backing it down, just experiment. It's, it's fun anyway. And plus you get to go, Oh yeah, I have one of those tiny little Phillipses. I, I got it over here. You know, you always feel like, like so powerful, like like MacGyver or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you brought up something that, that uh, I have done on stage um, when I'm gigging, which is uh, for a long time I was I was running com uh, like a combo, a single twelve combo, and then I would get uh, like I I had a Supro Black Magic and I got the matching uh, extension cab for it. That's a nice amp. Yeah, it is, yeah. and it sounds great, especially with the extension cab. Uh, and yeah. I would put it on the other side because from, you know, if you're playing a smaller show, if it doesn't matter what the house sound is doing. If you're close to the stage, yeah. you're going to hear whatever's in front of you. And yeah. I always thought is like, man, it sucks if you're stuck in front of the bass player and you can't hear the guitar or yeah. vice versa. If you're just stuck in front of the guitar, you may not be hearing some of the other other tones. So that's something that I think is a, is a huge advantage to having those extension cabinets. But be mindful. Don't uh, fight. Uh, you need to fight the urge to just hook up a really long guitar cable. Oh, no. to oh your yeah, yeah, please. Speaker cable, please. Yes. You yes, got to run absolutely. speaker cables, folks. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a reason There's a reason that they're – well, some of them are, are just shaped like – they're also super fat. You're like, what is this? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Or they're just like the – remember the old school? Like there was obviously a speaker cable because it had the obvious division between the, you know, plus, minus. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where like I often thought to myself, why can't I have just like a – eight millisecond delay, you know, between this cabinet and that cabinet. But, I, I, you know, you obviously you can't because it's like, how are you going to, you know, suddenly put a pedal. I tried it one time. It didn't work very well, actually. You know? <laughs> so, too, you know, with two amps, you can delay one. So you can get this nice spread. You know? Yeah. But but, but with, uh, with two cabinets, I thought, well, I'll just put a little echoplex in between. I was like a kid, you know, in the 70s. Yeah. Like, I put it between and it didn't go very well. Yeah. Did you have a fire extinguisher handy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you bring up a, a really interesting point. Like you, you really could, uh, you know, with the right box coming out of your pedal board, you could run a duplicate amp on the other side of the of yeah. the stage. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you know what I tried one time. Uh, you know, remember those Pro Juniors? Mm-hmm. 
uh, Fender Pro Junior, that Zinky, Zinky that made the Supra before the, you know, I have a Trem Electric. Mm-hmm. Actually, Dave, Dave Grohl has it now because I, I took it over before I left. But um, he made this Pro Junior, which is like a, you know, a volume and tone, little, little, you know, little tiny uh, uh, Fender. And one time I hooked up three together, like sending out to all three. And my God, the sound of that, it was insane. Wow. You know, like, like like having a bunch of tiny amps all wired, to, you know, all coming out. What what is the uh, I think is little labs that makes the one in and eight out or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there. Uh, yeah. And there's one. There's a guy down in Indiana or over by us that. Um, yeah. Oh, crumb. I can't remember what. He yeah. Called right, it. Yeah. 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 He does. He, and then it's got like phase. It's got like like. Uh, um, What's the thing where you can adjust the, the the impedance or the pickups or whatever? Drag. It's got drag. Okay. Yeah, and it's got phase, right? You're talking about like each one, so you can do all this multi-amp yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think famously, I mean, well, there's a lot of people who do it. I mean, you, Joe Bonamassa runs like, you know, 17 amps on stage. Mm, yeah. Um, Mick Mars, famous for just a whole bunch of crazy little amps. Brian May. Out of the, Brian May. Yeah. Yeah, um, Brian. I, I, I got a story, but real quick, Brian May. I'm a kid. I'm in. It's the '70s. I go see Queen at the Forum. I'm, you know, I get taken to see Queen. I just, I just demanded it to be so. <laughs> and the, and the PA goes out in the middle of the show, and the volume of the guitar did not change even a little tiny bit. Really? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he's running like nine serious stage volume. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, three of them I'm sure were were, were backups, but I, I know that at least three were together, and then the, the other three maybe for the Echoplex yeah. uh, return. But my god, the, that tone live! I got I, I got to see Queen a few times in the like four times in the '70s and a couple times in the '80s, and it was pretty it was pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned the forum. I actually grew up in uh, Long Beach area, and uh, oh wow, so, yeah. Awesome. I I think there's probably a few shows that we probably um, might have graced at the same time uh, way you know, yeah. way back then. Um, it was always easier to get to the forum from Long Beach. I used to love to go to Long Beach too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyways, thank you, Don Kloss. That was a great question. Uh, I know everybody's always fidgeting around with what their, their little live setup is for, for especially playing for smaller gigs. Um, uh, you know, because we have to do it all ourselves. <laughs> we don't have yeah, exactly. the magic man in the corner <laughs> doing it all. Um, anyways, let's uh, motor on to what is going on in our music world this week. We're going to ask Tony real quick, and then we'll check in with Alan and then myself. Go ahead, Tony. All right. So, Todd, this week in my music world, I've actually been going through some of my old parts drawers. And um, I had, I think I might have mentioned this at, uh, on a previous episode, but I had some old. Uh, Clues on style tuners mm-hmm. um, that were eh, kind of rusty, kind of hard to turn. And there is a, a trick I learned years ago, um, and it's a product that's readily available. It's called Blaster. Mm. And Blaster is a penetrating oil. And what I typically do is. Um, How is that different from like WD 40? WD 40 is a silicon based. Uh, oh. product that removes moisture. Okay. So they're, they uh, they work totally different. Penetrating oil actually works its way through the rust Stays into wet. The, yes. Um, but uh, I soak this sometimes for a couple of days, sometimes overnight. And generally speaking, Submerged. yeah, I, you, I, I spray it into a, like a small plastic container and, and dip the, you know, I, I usually leave the, the, 
the the plastic bits the, the of the of the tuning machines out, but mm-hmm. all of the metal guts, and it is just a it's an amazing product. It's like six or seven dollars at any hardware store, and after you take that out, I'll, I'll sometimes blow them out, and with Cluzons, there's always that little tiny hole. And that's really, it's an oiling hole. And I'll put a drop huh. or two of three-in-one oil in them. Wow, and I didn't know that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, there. if you ever look on the back of the of the Cluzon casing, there's a just a little teeny tiny hole. Yeah. And you just drop a, a, a drop or two of, of three-in-one in that and uh, spin it around a little bit. And they're, most of the time, I've had very good luck with it. They, they work as good as new. So that was my, that was my little... In, in addition to chopping up plastic, I'm soaking metal parts in That is in very blaster. exciting. That is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I live the big life. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's, that's awesome because I have a bunch of, uh, a bunch of stuff that, that's from past, you know, uh, upgrades, uh, supposed upgrades, and, and, you know, tuners, bridges, uh, whatever, and it all goes into this box. And I just, uh, uh, when I put my stuff in storage before I came over, uh, I saw it there, and I knew I had like my old pickups. When I <laughs> put like you know my um, you know my jazz master that I've played all these years has has uh, early uh, uh, Duncan fifty uh, nines in it, mm-hmm. but originally it had sixty two jazz master pickups, and then somewhere in these boxes is that. So all, all that stuff is there. it's good to know about. You know, yeah, but any, to, yeah, any bits and pieces like that, like uh, bridge parts, like a tunematic bridge or something like that, anything yeah, that yeah. screws, soak it, it, it penetrates in through the rust. And then if you put a just you know a drop of three in one oil on it, they they generally work pretty well. I guess the penetrator would have not been quite the, the brand name to go with it. That's yeah, probably not right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too many other well. connotations. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Alan, how about yourself? What is guy? I know you have had a big week, but um, what are some small yeah. things that you're dealing with? Um, let's see, let's see. I'm uh, basically I brought a mini version of my stuff over down to Chile, and I'm out my friend's place. What's called a parcela, which is like a, a like a basically a terrain and like a you know a piece of land that's got a couple of houses on it. You know that that he put together, and. Um, it's funny when, when, you know, I'm so used to, you know, I've been collecting stuff since I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So I literally put like 300 instruments in storage. And I'm, I'm not talking guitars only. I have Indian classical instruments. I have horns. I have cellos. I have, you know, uh, whatever. All the crazy stuff that I've been collecting. And so I'm sitting here with, with just a bit of the stuff. I've got my Shabbat guitars, which is a, a guitars, which is amazing. I love it to death. I've got that. I've got my cigar box guitar. I've got a little... Uh, Apollo interface. I've got a, a Helix Stomp XL and a couple of things. And I've been trying to just, just like you know, uh, tell myself that it's plenty to make to make music because I'm so used to being able to have uh, access to all the different textures in my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. But I found myself this week. I posted quite a few little loopy things on my Instagram and a couple of jams. And it's interesting what happens when you're in a totally different environment since I'm away from the LA thing it's like i'm literally sitting here like you know walking around and like grabbing eggs from the chicken coop and you know <laughs> getting, yeah. picking picking berries and 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 grapes because you know you guys know chilean wine is really amazing right so it is you know, good yes yeah so the concha y toro it's a very famous uh brand casillo del diablo all that stuff literally that's my neighbor next door to the vineyard over here you know oh, no it's, kidding. it's uh yeah so it's pretty cool so obviously i'm going to be 
sampling some of the that um well that would just know, be polite um, <laughs> that would be polite i mean but i mean i've, I've, I've purchased all of it I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna you know knock on their door and go hey what's what, what's going on today yeah um i i, no, I no, guess that that uh, wine there in chile and i have i don't know that i've well i guess maybe i'm thinking of the uh guar uh, uh, kind of uh what is it? Ganache? Not ganache. That's chocolate. Um, what's no, the ganache? It's a wine. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Okay. Okay. So, so, if you guys got Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's was one of the first places where you could buy wine for like eight bucks. Yep. Yeah. And that was from Chile. You know, Gato Negro, Casillo del Diablo, Concha y Toro. There was, it, there was the. I remember when we had parties. Like, oh my God, this amazing wine that that is that is so good that it tastes like sixty, seventy dollar wine, but it's only seven, eight, nine bucks. That yep. that was the brilliant stuff that first appeared. Yeah, that we got used to. Yeah, um, well, because uh, you know, speaking of West Coast, I mean, Chile, Chile is West Coast, and it has yeah. the mountains, and it also has the the coastal, the the you know, the salt water yeah. coming off. Which it, it's called High Chaparral is is ge- geologically, I think, uh, Portugal, Spain, France, California, yeah, Chile. Yeah, I mean, actually, like, like, like you, I, I can send you guys photos. You're like, oh, uh, where, where is that? And that's just past Malibu, right? It's on the way to. It's crazy, you know. Yeah. And I have friends in the south of France and friends in Portugal that, that they see photos or they send me photos. I'm like, oh my god, it's like almost interchangeable. There's a few <laughs> obvious features that are different, but but it's just something about the ground and and what it can produce. You know, it's it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, on the wine podcast, yeah. we're going to continue. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm no, so that's sorry. Great. It's great. We oh, love yeah. talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we we've been known to go off off tangent. Oh yeah, small. big time. Big anyway, time. I, I've been I've been soaking myself in wine, and that makes the sound of my guitar do certain things that don't you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, let's see. Uh, in my music world, this week. How about you, Todd? Well, thank you, Tony. I was waiting for that. I had a very, very exciting thing. Um, you know, sometimes when you're scrolling around late night, you know, you're like, you look at your watch and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been watching The Sopranos for uh, it's two thirty. You know, what if my Hagstrom Vikings? What if something happens to that? Mm. I should probably Ooh. look for a new one. So I started looking because, you know, that's what you do at 2.30 in the morning. I started checking out, you know, what the Internet had to do. Uh, and uh, why, and then I, as I was scrolling, I saw this uh, really beautiful gold top uh, Les Paul. And I was like, ah, man, gold tops are so nice. I kept scrolling. I kept scrolling. Now, my, my Hagstrom Viking, which most of our listeners know by now, it's black and it has a gold sparkle pick guard. And Alan, all, m- not all, but almost all my guitars are black with gold sparkle pick guards. That's like. That's is that a 60s one? Because I have a 12 that I used since, what is this, way in the 80s. Yeah, no, this is this is uh, one of the later ones, a reissue, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 okay. And uh, lo and behold, I stopped scrolling, like the, the, the brakes, the Fred Flintstone feet brakes. And I was like, what was that? Oh, yeah. And I scroll back, and it's a gold. Hagstrom Viking, and I said, "Oh Lord!" Mm-hmm. And I, the price was stupid, so I said, "Well, stupid high or low?" Oh, stupid low, okay. stupid low to where I was. I couldn't type fast enough to try to buy it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and uh, so, anyways, it arrived. It is absolutely gorgeous, and it has uh, the upgraded uh, fretboard on it. 
and it also has a roller bridge, which is Ooh. odd, but it's got a stop tail. Now yeah, you will tail. know, Alan, like the uh, the harp uh, the harp tail on the back is like uh, kind of like the Hagstrom thing. This has a stop yeah. tail. And so this wow. is a really unique one, and I hadn't ever seen one before. And I've been looking at Hagstrom Viking, uh, which is, a, uh, for those who don't know, is a semi-hollow body, kind of yeah, like a 335, 335 only a little cooler, yeah. I think. Um, it is cooler. Anyways, uh, I got it, and I was looking at it, and I was like, what have I done? I still feel guilty if I buy myself stuff. Like, And I said, yeah. why did I do this? Why did I do this? I need to just return this. I don't need this. I, what did I do? And it's I never returned. I've never returned anything ever. <laughs> I I have maybe a little. I don't know if it's guilt or willpower, but maybe a little bit of both. Um, but it was sitting up against my amp, and then I said, "Well, no, I'm just going to return it. I'll get my money back. This was foolish of me. Why did I do this? But I should play it once at least." So I picked uh -oh. it up and I played it. And I kid you not, about thirty seconds after I played it, I got a song out of it. And I said, oh, crap, now I have to keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's then the for law. the next three days, I I have just submitted six new songs to, to my band. Because I, I, it's just, I, I pick it up and one comes out. I, I don't even know what's going on with this thing. So it's very exciting. And it plays, I, oh, it plays so beautifully. I love it. So that That's amazing. Was, yeah. It is. Of course. Dude, but 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 if you got a song out of it, that's already a special instrument. Exactly, there, it's, funny, it's paid for itself. It's funny, exactly, it's funny about instruments. It's like they make you certain instruments make you play a certain way. They they put you in a certain mood. They, there's some some are songwriting machines, some are not. It's it's funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and, and, and it, that's why we have so many of them. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And and you know, uh, our sets are. I guess they go kind of kind of fastish. Um, we play a little bit more, slightly more aggressive, not hard music, but um, I think if you, I don't know, you put, probably put um, like um, there's a little bit of little bit of Queens in there, Queenstone days. There's yeah, uh, some some uh, early early seventies, you know, kind of punky stuff, and um, it's nice. it's a lot of X. I love X. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Billy Zoom's like you know, guitar god, the cult. Billy Dude, Duffy. He did, I can show you photos of my mom and Billy Zoom side by side. It's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm going to send you a photo. I mean, we used to, we used to joke about it. My mom, mom is a beautiful blonde, but like you know, and you know, Billy Zoom's a beautiful blonde. Hey, so yeah. Yeah. There was one period where she was like sticking her hair back, and I'm like, "Oh my god, mom!" <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what is this? We played. We actually played with uh, Whitney Houston and uh, uh, X in uh, Disney World. Oh my god, '85. That's wild. Uh, it was very strange. We got to play. I think it was Tomorrowland, and and uh, and everybody played in different places. And it was '85. It was a long time ago. Yeah, was, yeah. What is this? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, well, but obviously, you know, growing up in LA, I got I went I would go CX all the time, you know, so it was amazing. Yeah. Um I'm very excited uh speaking of X uh because I think I I, I mentioned this to a few people and they anytime I start talking about X whatever, they, they I have a place in my heart for them, but I'm going out to Nam 
uh, in a couple weeks, um, which you're obviously yeah. very familiar with. And when I was, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to see what's going on while I'm there. I'm going to be visiting old friends and my old neighborhood and everything. And I said, but I, I would really love to, you know, see if there's any shows. There's nothing, nothing happening, at least from a sense of bands that I would be familiar enough to say, okay, I got to stop everything I'm doing to go see. Until yeah, yeah. I found X playing at this tiny little theater. And I was like, oh my gosh, the tickets are 35 Where in Anaheim? Bucks. Where are they playing? Where are they playing? In LA at the Trem, Tremenor, tre, tre, uh, not the Troubadour. It's the no. Tremulum, Trema, something. It's I I'm gonna get the name wrong, but anyways, it's small. It's really small, and wow, the, that's crazy. Is and that's, like what, that's what they that's where they kill in the small theaters. Yo, yeah, absolutely. I saw them with the whiskey so many times, and um, even even remember Club Lingerie? That was oh, a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very excited about that. Um, but you you know you mentioned some guitars are are writing guitars. Some guitars maybe don't necessarily give you songs, but um. I, I would show up with a couple of guitars for, you know, a, a small, it's not, I'm not playing for hours or anything. And, and I would get a little bit of grief, like, oh, you need all the guitars for them. Like, because these two songs were written on that one. And these two songs were written on that yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. And these were, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of want to honor that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, personally, and, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's the pick guard that I made for you. Really, that's where all the songs came from. Yeah, true. <laughs> pick guard. Oh yes. Well, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever the inspiration is. Uh, you know, what I found throughout the years is it's so funny because an instrument can have magic in it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. I, I have amazing instruments made in Japan or or Mexico or or you know uh, China even. I, I recently got I had a, a SG and a you know, you know that Jeff Becky Les Paul with a with a um, the like in the back of Wired that that photo of that kind of Les Paul mm-hmm. just recently like last year got that just happened to be amazing instruments. It's crazy, so inexpensive, and really beautifully made. You know, you never know what you're gonna get from. I did find the name of the place in case anybody wants to go. And if you go to this show, please find me. Okay, get a hold of me. Let's meet up. It's at the Terragram Ballroom. There you go. I know that place. Yep. And it's a uh, it's no seats. It's small and it's going to be fantastic. Anyways, Tony. Uh, yes, Todd. I bet that a international superstar such as Alan. Yes. Let's just use him for example. Okay. Probably goes through a lot of equipment and needs a lot of different uh, equipment scenarios. Probably have to plug things Probably into each other and a lot of that. Yeah. Could you? What would we recommend? You know, since we know so well. Yes. Exactly. What's I believe needed for we that are thing. the experts. We are the experts. Uh, I would re- highly recommend using Tour Gear Designs patch cables. Why would that be great for him? Well, because they come in multiple different sizes. They're very flat, mm. very flat. Yes. And the little pluggy thing that goes in? Very low profile. Very tiny. So it's kind of like- Not like a giant pancake <clears throat> one. Well, yeah. I mean, essentially, it's a, it's, it's, it's a it's very- It's diameter of a jack almost. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's and, incredible. And- None not, more thin. None more thin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they, uh, I mean- I think they're three inches to 24 inches and all the links in between. Yes. S shape. 
and C-shape. Yes. So you can go from a side mount to a top mount very easily without twisting the cable, which can end up breaking the cable if you keep doing that. Yes. You don't want to do that. I bet if Alan went right now and ordered a whole bunch of them, because they're in Canada, so they they ship them all over the place. Yep. If yeah. he puts a and bunch Canada of and Chile, it starts with C, so they shouldn't be a problem. It's, yeah, they'll I get think it it's right. One in the same. And Alan, <laughs> guess what? You're going to save ten percent. Why? Because Alan, <laughs> aka Tony, uh, if you put in the guitar knobs into the coupon code, you're going to get you're going to get ten percent off your order. Oh my um, god, dude! They're they're fantastic. No, they really are good. We all use them. We all love them. Um, they're very affordable right out the Super gate affordable. and then you can save an extra 10%. You're going to, you're, you're going to love them. Yeah. Anyway. So thank you to tour gear designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. Yeah. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right. Alan Johannes of more things than we can list. <laughs> yes. Of a bunch of stuff. What is your four on the floor? I uh, omnipresent. Um, let's see. I would say that my first of the uh, pedal from the fourth floor would have to be the DOD Octoplus that I got in the 90s. Um, there's a song by Eleven called Reach Out in which the riff goes down, man, oh, man, and basically what it's, it's got an octave down, you know, on the, on that riff. And what I love about the, the Octoplus is that if you palm it, uh, if you palm your guitar, the the on single note riffs, the 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 octave pops out in a very musical way. Mm. And then if you play a full chord, it goes, I can't even handle that, and it just doesn't even activate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you could you could you could do full chords, especially weird inversions where like you know the thirds on the bottom or whatever. And 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 literally, it's it's got this particular sound that I love so much. And, and a couple of times, I've just turned the direct off, and I've gotten this kind of Stevie Wondery, Paul McCartney kind of, you know, that's one of them that I love, and I still have two. Uh, I have one here with me in Chile, awesome. and one in my in my in my bodega. And uh, actually, uh, Dod Digitech is going to send me. Uh, they have one, a, a newer one that 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 does the two octave thing, you know. Yeah, oh, and, I, they, and they're I, kicking back into gear now again. Yeah, um, which I love. And the other, the other one, also by Digitech, would be the Freakout, which I've been using a lot recently because I've learned to, you know, you got the third setting from the, from the uh, clockwise, which is kind of like the the same, the, the octave up from what whatever you're playing, and it activates. This not just the feedback mode, like you know, wee, but it activates this second voice that follows you, especially in some of my improvs, like on my mand- mandola or whatever. Like, ah, and you got this ah, on the top, following me a little bit later, a little bit. It tracks some notes. Sometimes it doesn't. It all depends, and it sounds like you've got this little beautiful ghost buddy melodic buddy that's that's kind of hanging hanging with you and and it's jamming along with you you know and i love that effect you know, i love that feeling of of, of the digitech freak out you know and that and that's the that does both an octave up and an octave down right well actually it goes through the harmonic series oh, so from okay. the bottom so it goes do 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 you know okay. so uh, the the bottom is an octave down then you've got unison then you've got the kind of octave up and then it does like a a harmony, a harmonic thing, 
and you've got the, the the ability to latch or you got the ability to blend it as you know to to trigger as fast as possible you know okay so it does sound like a you know there's a f- quite a few posts that have you it, it's not predictable you have to kind of lay into it and it does its own thing it's kind of like the ghost in the machine it's alive in, in a in a crazy way and i love that i don't know what i'm going to get all the time but it's always musical it always gives musical results that sounds very much like um at least a partial description of uh what you tend to bring to the music world uh in its unpredictability and and oh thank you, you. Know. um oh, okay no, let's uh number three please Okay, number three would be, um, uh, uh, I have one of the earliest prescription electronics uh, experience pedals, like number four, I think it is, you know? Wow. And and it's a big square guy that I got in 94, uh, and I used it on Seasick of You and a few other things. One of my favorite fuzzes ever, you know? It's it's really, with the octave up thing, and... um, um, if you listen to Seasick of You on, on the 311 record, you can hear just it does this crazy thing that the, 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 the you can when you do the little uh, uh, edge of the pick uh, finger high harmonic, it just behaves really in a really rude way. It's very um, a, a kind of almost an animalistic, and and I, I love I love sounds. I love pedals and, uh, that that kind of. May, you know, almost make it so that you have no idea. It's they it, it give you the sense of danger and the sense of like, like. Uh, I, I mean, I grew up with with a lot of uh, uh, Fred Frith. You know, you guys know Fred Frith. Um, he was in uh, uh, Henry Cow, and he's an experimental avant-garde kind of. And, and, and his usage of effects and sounds, it's it's really intensely interesting to me. You know, and and mm-hmm. pedals that do that. Um, Always, always go up on the top of the list for me. So, so you thrive on battle. thrive on chaos a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of chaos. But you know, you know, the kind of chaos where where it's like um, you have to trust and you go in, and you, you don't try to control it. It, it. You kind of play around with what it gives you and react to it. So yeah, you know, just like this, I love imp- improvising where I just start and then. Whatever happens turn, goes into the next moment, into the next moment. I have no real plan. I just kind of react into, you know, to, as if I was being, uh, 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 what was it called, a scent. It's not a, trans, a transmission. I'm receiving it, and I'm kind of just, it's, it's going through me, and then I'm almost listening to myself hmm. as opposed to guiding it. You know what I mean? And you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you're in the zone. Yeah. You're like, oh my god! I just said what? What? Yeah, I don't oh, know I what I'm doing, but I like it. <laughs> I, like, I like it a lot. And then and the cool thing is, that, you know, it's also you don't go like, oh, I hope I can repeat that again. Then you just you move on to the next thing. It's cool. Yeah, dig um, it. Number four. Yeah, number four would be uh, uh, Doctor No made this pedal for me called the Eleven uh, Eleven, and it's really really special. He made it limited edition. It's got Natasha and I's. Uh, um, uh, so it's got uh, Russian and Chilean coins mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. top of the of, of the little um, uh, knobs, right? Uh, based on our years of birth, you know. And then it's got actual uh, uh, bird skulls uh, covered in, in 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 metal, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a selector, so it's basically like a, a Q, almost like a Q zone or a Wa in an extreme way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes go, 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 all the way to the you know really 
coupled with a fuzz, coupled with a boost. But it's it's the fact that he made this beautiful uh, piece of art, you know, um, and he made 11 times 11 of them. And that's it. It's there, there's ever going to be. And, and that, that pedal is really special to me because I, I use it quite a bit. It, it, it allows to to get a little bit of the Queen's tones with a super, super heavily boosted uh, low mids, you know. Right. But also the Brian May uh, treble boosted tones mm. when you get up into the higher uh, uh, register yeah. of, of the frequencies, uh, which I love, you know, because I grew up on, on, on Brian May. Brian May, Jeff Beck. Um, and uh yeah so that's number four yeah i had the pleasure of playing that at a friend's house um and uh i mean yes it sounds great but obviously dr no makes pedals that you're like wow i i mean it's just a piece of art and uh exactly uh, visually and sonically and i believe i could be wrong but i believe that this was the the genesis for the the pedal that followed that was the Troy Van Leeuwen pedal. Um, yeah, beautiful pedal. Yeah, Oh, yeah. my God. So yeah. Um, well, those are four fantastic pedals, and I think that they actually speak a lot. It's always interesting to see what our guests are going to choose, especially if, if they are either known players or they're known for building certain things. Um, you know, your, your type of music... Uh, it has, I'm sure, has been described to you in in a billion different ways, and the fact that it either can be or or can't be described even is <laughs> something that is, um, I think, unique in the in the purest form of the word unique. Um, in the in the sense, you know, we we call a lot of things unique that aren't, but then there are things mm. that that genuinely are. Um, and I think that your musical stylings, not just the music you play, but uh, the things that we're going to get into here in a moment, um, kind of that, that that's what I think of. Um, Thank you. Now, before we deep deep dive into that, and then we're not, you know we're gonna we're gonna stay mostly, I think, in the in the gear realm. We want to get people, uh, you know, as much information uh, that we're gonna discuss about you and everything. But you had a very big weekend. Yeah. Uh, so I, I came, so, so, so uh, just a quick backstory about me and Chile. So I was born here, but I was taken away when I was really small and I didn't come back until 2010, 40 some years later mm. to meet uh, my real father. It was Josh that said, after Natasha passed away, you know, uh, he's like, you got to go and reconnect with your past. So I came back in 2010 and after, and then I came back with Chris Cornell and, 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 uh, with Queens and. And then I met these guys. They're amazing musicians, uh, Chileans. And I, I basically started a band uh, with them. And we play all the stuff from my past. And my 11, and then stuff at the Euphoria Morning, things that I've been a part of, writing, performing, Queen stuff that I wrote, and then um, solo stuff. And so we've been having this... You know, by now it's ten years worth of this amazing thing, and so we just played Lollapalooza, and and uh, during, right before the pandemic started, we were supposed to do Euphoria Morning in its entirety, um, Chris Cornell's uh, first solo record, with uh, some invite you know invited guests, you know, and so we just uh, added two amazing members, Edo, a, a amazing singer and guitar player, and Eduardo playing, uh, uh, you know. 
a string bass because in 11, Natasha played Moog bass and it was a, a three piece with organ, Moog bass, drums, Jack Irons and me. Um, and so we just played Lollapalooza on, on Sunday. And uh, um, so I hadn't actually played electric live in about four years. I've been, I did a couple of acoustic shows in the last few years. So it was really, really cool to, to get back into that whole world, you know. And so we had a beautiful show, and, and I'm going to be here playing some more of that. But that's what happened this weekend. So it was pretty special. Uh, a big crowd, I imagine. Yeah, it was a good crowd. Was, I mean, you know, we were like right, right after, right, right around the time of Jane. So, so uh, people were kind of shuffling in as we as we started. You know, with uh, with with Lola, it was, but it was really nice because, you know, we had people in the audience about stuff you know uh, about hearing songs from me four in the morning and and uh, it feels really good that there's people that know uh and appreciate the music of 11 because we never really had a chance to get uh you know the exposure that we got was solely based on our friends like Soundgarden, yeah pearl jam queens you know that, that took us out on tour because the labels were, n- were never really know what to do you know m- to make of it so yeah. It's nice to be able to to go out there and still play this music, you know. So I want to remember who Natasha was and 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 the legacy of, the, of all the stuff that we did, which which for me is amazing because because it, it not only is it connected to the past, but I'm excited about because we did a new a, a single a couple a few years ago, uh, not that long ago, with the trio with Mike Patton and and I singing together. That is in Spanish. Is never I never sang in Spanish before. Um, and so it has this modern, uh, uh, updated version of it. We, we can make new new music that's not just harkening uh, back to before. But I love it that I can play eleven songs again and and my solo stuff with them. They're you know they're amazingly talented. Cote Fonseca on drums and vocals and and Phila Fonseca. So that's what I did this weekend. Yeah. Is that the band that you're going to be touring extensively with? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing, uh, I have to build it up a little bit more in Europe. I'm going to do a, a solo tour in Europe in the fall. And there it's going to be, it's going to be me solo plus some really ama- uh, amazing Dutch band called Iron Gin. Um, and they're going to be joining me for some stuff. I, I just need to build it up a little bit more because obviously, you know, taking 10 people on tour to Europe is is a bit of a, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, and because because I'm I'm like a musician's musician very often that I need to work my ass off the rest of the year to be able to figure out a way to uh, uh, make that work, you know? Right. Right. Especially because because I had this entire European solo tour booked for the 2020 when the pandemic hit, and I swear to God, it's like half of those places are gone. You know, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was playing these really cool little theaters and little clubs for two to 500 people. And, and, and it was so shocking to, to know that it didn't survive, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, but we soldier on, you know? Yeah. Well, and you do it in so many ways. Um, and I think this is a good time to give a little bit of, um, you know, for lack of better, better terms, giving giving us the Wikipedia version so that people <laughs> that aren't as familiar can get a, a better understanding as we progress. Um, you are listed as a guitarist, as a producer, as a songwriter, mm-hmm. an engineer, and mm-hmm. I would probably throw in their storyteller. <laughs> um, anything else you, you would like to add to, <laughs> to, that, to that list? 
Actually, I just mastered a couple of things while I, while I was down here. And, and, and you know, listen, it's anything and everything to do with 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 music. Mm-hmm. I was really young when I started. I was like, yeah, yeah, four four years old. My uncle put my uncle was a pretty pretty big. My dad and my uncle were both pretty big, uh, uh, kind of early rockers. You know, pretty famous here in, in right. Chile. And he put a guitar in my hand, showed me uh, showed me a few chords. Um, and then just set, set me on a path. But he was really inspiring to me because he was a multi-instrumentalist. And he would always show up at my mom's place, you know, and 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 ask if he could rehearse his band. And so there'd be all these instruments around and record four-track recorders and microphones and Fender Rhodes and horns and drums. And and uh, and they would leave it there. So, you know, I'm this kid. I've, I've got access to all this stuff. I'm so lucky, you know. So I, I learned. I learned to record. I learned to, you know, engineer. I learned to mix really early on, which has been really uh, was a really wonderful idea because it's allowed me to continue being a part of of things and, and be involved creatively from production the production standpoint. Um, to be able to be, you know, I'm, I, I can you know, so when I produce stuff, I, I have this experience of being the artist or the band that's being engineered or recorded or produced. So I have this kind of sensitivity to the, and empathy for the process. So, so I end up, you know, being a good part of the team because I don't, you know, I just want to make it work uh, from the point of music of where, I mean, the point, the point of uh, uh, in, in the initial thing is making the songs work, right. making the music work. And I don't, I don't try to put a stamp on, on anything. Uh, and I try to, always like invent things and it's fun if i come up with some cool interesting ideas like i'm not going to try that again you know let's see what else we can come up with some new miking things or whatever right and it just feels great so so i've been very lucky and i've been a part of you know maybe a hundred plus records you know lanigan uh produces last five or six you know inside queens of the stone age producing cool stuff everywhere engineering no doubt arctic monkeys it's great, you know, and it's like a, it's been a, it's been a really fun ride, and it's continuing, you know, which is yeah. great. Well, to me, that was one of the interesting things about um, it, getting you on the show is that yes, you're a guitar player, but I think anybody who's who's made any kind of a recording, you know, there's that whole other aspect of it that is kind of a fascinating thing. At least I think it's fascinating, and yeah, and. In my day-to-day life and my job, my, I'm a working stiff. Uh, I'm a creative director, and so my job is essentially a producer for an advertising agency. And right. uh, it's interesting to see how how that uh, there's the, the, I can see how that works, and I, I naturally gravitate towards that and when we're recording our own stuff but hearing from you uh you know as a musician but then also being a prolific producer and influencer on on frankly some of my favorite records so uh Mm -hmm. and and a lot of our fan base too uh you've you've uh certainly touched quite a few ears um and I thought that that was a really interesting angle, you know, so it's not just like, hey, cool, you play guitar for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was uh, trying to tell a couple other people about this, 
that we're going to have you on. Um, uh, I, the first two people that kind of came to my mind as in, in a way to help describe this was sort of like a, a modern day Todd Rundgren or Brian Eno, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, or even a Mutt Lang or somebody like where you have these people who are prolific musicians on their own, but have done so much to to help bring interesting things out of the people that they're working with. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your transition from guitar into and how you sort of glide across all these different roles that you play in music? I mean, okay, so so I would say, like I said before, the the exposure to to access to recording devices and and uh, and kind of seeing the entire thing as a, as a continuum as opposed to like a separated thing. It's a creative act. It's a it's a every aspect of it is part of a process. And it's all connected, and that all is important to 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 stay focused on to for the success of the, of the thing itself. Because I remember like early days when we were just kids, like Flea, Halal, Jack, and I before the Peppers, we went into studios that we saved our money all all summer for to 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 record our stuff, and it it just it didn't come out the way that we sounded in the rehearsal room. We're like, what happened here? You know. There was all this pressure. We spent all this money that we had saved. I mean, all this money, you know, a thousand bucks when you're in high school that you'd save for it. Money. So a, Especially know. back then. And we were, yeah, exactly. In the late seventies. And you're like, what happened? You know? Um, and, uh, um, and I'd be trying to like figure out like, you know, psychologically, I'd notice what happened psychologically. I noticed all this other stuff. And I'm like, but when we're in the rehearsal room, we're so happy. Yeah, and like I thought, oh, it's a pressure thing. Okay, so obviously it's a pressure thing. So what are the what 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 are the dynamics of of self pressure and and what happens at that point? You know, and a little bit of tension is good is a good thing. You know, to to kind of you know put a fire under you. But but it was interesting because I already started noticing. You know, because the main thing for me was to make a, a timeless recording, something that I could listen to with a pr- proudly. And share with others and, and be like, you know, hey, check this out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what happened is that when I met, after I met Natasha, we focused so intensely on, on, on songwriting. And we also had, we didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, money or, or but we, we always tried to get some nice gear going, save money for it. And we kept that kind of independent spirit. And this is like, you know, now we're into the 80s. And so we had a, a, a two-inch 16 Stevens machine that uh, that we spent like three grand on, like everything that we saved for. And we had that and a couple mics and a prize, you know. Then we got a soundtrack to do, and then we got, instead of with the money that they paid us, we bought a, a console so we could actually do the soundtrack and just, just kept building like that, you know. Um, and then really the big turning point in terms of having access to a full studio and being able to afford to record any time was when when uh, when Eleven used to open up for Soundgarden all the time. We were amazing friends, and Chris stayed with us before Euphoria Morning after Soundgarden stopped for you know whatever twenty some years. Yeah, and uh, and he invited Al Kafaro, the president of A and M. You know, we were we didn't have a label. We'd left Hollywood, and he invited him with the purpose of of like playing more stuff so that maybe you get us a record deal, and so. 
Alcafar is like, I love your stuff. I want to sign you. I, I'm going to give you a 200 grand for a record deal. And so Natasha and I were so brazen. We were like, okay, cool. But can we get that 200 grand as a PO to like West LA music so we can just buy a studio and do the thing ourselves? And he like looked at us like we were nuts. And he was like, I love it. It's crazy. You guys are nuts. I love it. I'm going to Let's do this. Oh, and like a week later, I'm at West LA Music with 200 grand and, and a potential thing. And I'm like buying this and buying that. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's a Brent Averill Neve. Okay, API is cool, cool. All right. I didn't realize a cable, cabling for the studio was going to be 40 grand. That almost killed me. I was like, what? It's just cable. <laughs> and the big mistake was a, 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 with all due respect to Yamaha, it was an O2R. We didn't really need to have a little digital console. We ended up using it as a as a monitoring thing. Anyway, because of Chris and Alcafara, we had a studio, 11AD. And so we did Avant Garde Dog, which is the uh, second to last 11 record. And then Chris came over for Euphoria Morning um, to, 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 to like kind of work out the stuff because Daniel Lenoir was going to produce it. And so we wrote, Natasha and I wrote like Pillow and, and uh, Disappearing and Mission and, and uh, 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 a couple of things. And then she helped arrange stuff. And so we prepared demos ready to go. And then uh, the people, uh, Daniel Lenoir's people like called and said, he's canceling all his projects. I'm sorry. And Chris is like, what are we going to do? And Natasha's like, we're going to make the record. You know, Let's, let's we're going to make the record right now. And so we ended up making the record before your morning at, at, at the house, you know. And that experience of, of being able to have a studio at your place that we ended up doing all the Lanigan stuff and, and uh, Eleven stuff or whatever was just a, an amazing, um, amazing gift to be able to have a daily access to, a, you know, an amazing recording studio in your house where you didn't have to feel the pressure. And I think I learned so much from that. Um, uh, I learned so much from being around geniuses like Natasha and Chris and Lanigan and, and, and my, my, and, and Josh too, you know, Josh was, you know, when, when, when we met, when we opened up 11, opened up for Queens and uh, we ended up doing desert sessions and then being part of songs for the deaf. And then I joined for lullabies and Natasha too. It's just the luck to be able to find this extended family of, am of amazing artists that, that trusted each other, you know, and I, and I got to, you know, be in there as part of the, the team, you know, and, and just focus on like, let's together make this amazing thing, you know? Right. And so I really learned how, how to, how to, um, there always might not contextual family, uh, you know, relationship oriented person. I, I, I don't know when I did my first solo record, it was because I, I heard so much that Natasha wasn't here anymore that I had to make a solo record so I could basically communicate this through songs, you know? It, it, it wasn't natural for me to 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 go off on my, and just be alone. Yeah. Because um, I love being part of something. And, um, you know, remember remembering those, you know, bedroom jams with, with uh, Jack Irons and Hello Slovak since we were 14 years old, which led to all this other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um. You know, yeah. you, you mentioned so, something being... Sorry, I, I, I can just keep going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, this is what it's for. This, this is, you have, mm -hmm. I mean, we'll give you the floor anytime you want it. Um, you, I think one of the things, and we'll get, we'll touch on this in just a second, but one of the things that struck me when I was watching the documentary, uh, which we will, again, as I mentioned, uh, talk to you in just a second, um, is that the people that were 
speaking about their interaction with you did so in a way that they speak of a family member um, or Mm -hmm. a lifelong uh, companion. And I thought that that, you know, that early setup in that documentary really set the tone for um, to, to tell the story in a, in a way that was more meaningful. Um, So you can, you, that is clear coming out of other people referencing that, you know, some of your past, musical work and, and your uh, yeah. relations. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's incredible to me that I still pinch myself. Even, even after all the loss and the hurt, it's like, I still, know, I, I, I know for sure that, that uh, of the blessing, of, incredible blessing it is, you know? Yeah, for sure. Let's, we, I just brought up the documentary. That's something you shared with us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, um, please give yourself, just carve out some time and take a minute and and watch this documentary called Unfinished Plan, um, it, which basically, I mean, it, it really is a, a, a biopic on you um, in your entire career. And uh, could you maybe just share a little bit about how and why that came about and also where we can uh, find that? I mean, it, it's funny because so, so you imagine that um – my real father, I didn't meet until 2010, right? So, so it was kind of a big secret. I wasn't supposed to know. And then my grandmother spilled the beans when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I knew that, that there was this rocker in Chile that, that was my dad, you know. And um, I think he sent me a letter, and I just didn't really know how to respond. I had kind of like a, not that it was a, 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 that that you know in, intense like weirdness about it. I was just. Didn't feel like it was the right time. Anyway, so so then after Natasha pa- passed away, uh, Josh said, you know, t- told me, he goes, I'm going to take you back to Chile. You haven't been in 40-some years, and you figure out a way to meet your dad when you're there, you know, because I think that's going to help you heal from this. It will connect to your roots. And, you know, Josh is like, you know, like, like he's like a brother. So he was looking out, you know. Yeah. And for those um, who uh, don't, uh, we're referencing Josh Ami, not, um, you know. Josh Ami, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Ami from Queens. Um, and so he took me down there and I ended up needing uh, uh, um, my father, you know, and consequently two brothers and cousins and aunts and this entire family that had known about me and that. It was it felt so natural, you know? And my dad was wrote he was like the first guy that was like, I'm not gonna cover these rock songs. I'm just gonna write my own rock songs in Spanish. He was that kind of guy, you know. So I got to hang out with him for a few years before he passed. Um but also this guy showed up named Fito, um Garate, and he was um there's a guy named Jorge Lira who was like one of the main dudes at the at the rock station, the local rock station. And he basically sent him to meet me. I'm not sure he knew that much about me yet, you know. But in the beginning, it was all this angle about this Chilean uh, that got away, that went into the world, and uh, uh, that you know that that went and did stuff, and and how proud you know it made everyone that 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 you know was and he and was coming back to reconnect with 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 his childhood and 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 the place where he was born, and so. He started to do some research and finally figure out like what the past was, and then and then he started to film interviews 
every time that uh, that that my buddies like you know Sungard or Lanigan or Monkeys or Josh or Queens would come down, I would arrange for 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 him to meet them and record an interview. Then he came out to LA and checked out some of the old haunting uh, spots that we you know like uh, Fairfax High and where I grew up. Then then they followed me to Europe and so little by little this this entire. Uh, documentary was being formed. Now, for me, it was pretty, pretty bizarre to, to like, like I didn't feel like, why are they doing this? Like, this is just strange. But my, my uncle Peter was in it, and and uh, uh, and my buddies were in it, and I didn't really. I was just, you know, trying to be, you know, helpful to this process. But I thought it was kind of bizarre to suddenly have a, you know, movie, and they're following you around and asking good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and then my sister got interviewed and she's like, well, I'm going to call this a love story. You know, it's about Alan and Natasha. And it's that kind of triggered this, this in the, in the director, it made him realize, wait a minute, this, I'm um, this angle on this is wrong. It's not about a Chilean musician that went out there and is hanging out with famous rock stars. It's about this love story, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, I, I now noticed the shifts and suddenly like I, I actually could, I could only watch a little bit of it, and when it premiered down here, Chris had just passed away, and uh, two weeks earlier, and I was down here, and I sat in darkness in the back of the theater and got to see the thing for the first time, uh-huh. you know, and it was really, really intense, you know, because, uh, you know, Uncle Peter passed away from ALS, and Chris, and obviously you know, Natasha, and and at the same time, it was just like. I, I just felt like this is this is you know they're they're still here with me. Right. Uh, I, I I've been charged to try to continue this you know as long as I can, and so I I, I gather strength from that and 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 like when I perform songs from from Spark it literally like it's 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 so weird because I have to go back to the place where those songs come from mm-hmm. you know, so not that I you know I get sad or anything it's just that it, it's it's. It's not just the casually playing a song, you know, and right. I can't just casually perform it. And, um, you know, and at the same time, like, like Lanigan, you know, was in that kind of war, uh, uh, connection to me. You know, we did all this stuff together. What a voice. And, oh, man. Yeah, what a voice. And, and, and him and, you know, with Chris and Natasha is like the, the three people in my life that, and Josh is the fourth, you know, and yeah. Josh is going to be fine. He, live along like God bless him yeah it's just that you know to, to have this connection with people in that way where you that you know you trust each other so completely um and you weather whatever difficult processes of of, of creation are um someone has your back so unconditionally you know it, it's just an incredible feeling and and the fact that that I got to you know I, I get to carry that with me and I have that. So, um, you know, that that's one, one, one of the aspects of the last, uh, uh, last year that's been extra, extra hard is like with, um, with, with Lanigan passing too, it's just, uh, it just brings everything back to, you know, and it, and piles up, you know? Right. So, so me being back here in Chile is, is, is really not, it's really healthy because I get to, um, just, you know, be in front of people that love what we done, what we did. I get to play songs that 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 I was a part of. You know, we, we played some Euphoria Morning the other day. We played some Sound City. We played some uh, Queens of the Stone Age, 
and uh, it's great and it feels good because you know I'm still here and I'm, I'm doing stuff so it's good yeah it's good um sort of random but you know one of the things that um every once in a while I'm sure you experience this you'll you'll just be walking down the street and then like some some line from some song that you heard that you that repeatedly comes into your brain um, yeah and one of those things is so there for whatever reason these comes in the they come in two okay for me right right so number 1 uh in in no particular order but there was a band um oh, i think they're from belarus or Bel yeah i think belarus they were called belfagor um Mm. And uh, they had a song called uh, "All That I Wanted" with a fantastic video. Um, right. They were on a beach, and this this camera kept going. It was like they went back and forth. This camera, like they were running at the camera, so it was like it was in a in a loop. But they had a great line. It was, and that was all that I wanted. And so I hear that in my head, followed mm. immediately or preceding. Mind my have still I, <laughs> and I remember hearing that the first time and going. What did what what does that mean? <laughs> and and I was like, what what is he saying? I was like, oh, he's saying I still have my mind, but it's backwards. Oh my god, I love this. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I had to pass that on. Thank you for putting a a yeah. screw in my brain that'll never go away. That's so funny. Well, do you ever see the video for that? The original video? Yes. Okay, well that that is a Hackstrom Viking, the twelve string version. As you can look, but when you look at it again, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a tobacco sumper. And look at look at the look at the the, the tailpiece. I, I would have seen that on uh, video one with Richard Blade, I believe. Oh my God, I remember that. And the interview <laughs> with it was so fun. I have so many videos in storage of VHS videos of like. There was this one video that 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 we did uh, before we got signed with Flea. When Flea was in the band and he mm -hmm. plays trumpet, a trumpet solo, he's wearing a dress. It's called Off the Floor. And I was working at a TV show called You Asked For It, Jack Smith's You Asked For It. And because of that, uh, I met a couple of the dudes that worked in. I, you know, because I spoke different languages, I could answer the, uh, I could look at all the mail from all over the world and create like a synopsis for the writers to like, because, you know, the basic idea was like, they're not going out to film what you asked for. They got stock footage. And they're going to show you what, you know, as if they, they went out and filmed it. Anyway, long story. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I can't wait to digitize that because it's going to be really fun for everyone to see this. Um, you obviously remember Richard Blade. Um, yes. I, I got to share this because I think, you know, people like ourselves who grew up on radio, um, when when that kind of, I mean, it kind of went away. We went all, everybody went to CDs and MP3s and everything. Um, I yeah. moved from, you know, when he, he left, by the way, everyone in listening is like, who's Richard Blade? Richard Blade was like the premier DJ on the West Coast yeah. at K-Rock. Yeah. And for those of us who grew up during that time, it was like, he was the voice in our head. He was the person who was saying like, hey, check this song out, you know? Um, yeah. And uh I after after he left, I moved from the West Coast out to out to the Midwest, and I remember, uh, it, I mean, this would have been you know twenty years or so, and uh, music has always just been so important to me. But I, this was one of these times when it like it really hit me how much it was. 
I was yeah. driving. I had just got a new car, and it had the Sirius XM in it. And I was just flipping around, and I heard uh, uh, Just What I Needed by The Cars, which is one of my all-time favorite songs ever, ever, ever. Amazing song, yeah. And, and I was just, I was transfixed, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's being piped into my car, like the music I love. The song ended, yeah. and I hear his voice. And I kid you oh my not, God. I started crying. I, I literally, because it, it immediately took me back to me sitting in my room with my Walkman on, listening to him. I mean, yeah. it was so powerful. Um, yeah. Anyways, thought I'd share that because you actually know who that person is. So Yeah, exactly. And and, and I would like to add uh, 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 Jed the Fish to that as oh, well. Oh, yeah, Jed. He was, another, he was another voice that I love. Rodney. And Rodney, Rodney, Rodney on the Rock, yeah. you know, on the, on the Sundays playing you all the oh, yeah. stuff that you would never be able to hear anywhere. It was so cool. It was a really special time, and 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 to be able to be exposed, and I actually worked at Licorice Pizza when I was a kid, you know, and I would get vinyl on the weekend. I, I, worked, I worked at there Music Plus. A, <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> I worked for vinyl. I'd like cleaned up the back. I, I you know, put all the boxes together. I just I was a you know, 14, 15 year old kid with Doug Figer, I might add, who asked me if if, if maybe I would jam with his band because he thought wow. I was a good guitar player, and my mom said, "No way, you're not playing with adults." <laughs> crazy um yeah hey, i got a couple more questions here for you um i think one of the things that uh is captivating and obviously something that it not only i think musicians uh are drawn to you clearly for but you impart on them as well you have a very specific i for lack of better terms mystical sort of sound um, I, I was trying to write, I was trying to say, how can I talk about this? And there's a certain element of it. And I see, and I can, you, I can hear it in, in Queens. I can hear it in Vultures. I can hear it in Cornell. I can, is, and it's like when you're watching fire, right? If mm. you're looking at a campfire, you're watching fire and you know, there's a trans, you get kind of transfixed by it. And part of it is because it's never the same but it's always the same. And mm. there's uh, there's just this really unique quality. It's like, oh, wait, where's this color coming from? Or like, whoa, that leapt up really high over there. But it, it keeps us interested in it. And it's, it's fascinating. There's danger. It's dark. Where do you think that stems from? Is it, I, I'm, it's got to be some kind of source because you're one of the only people that have really – kind of brought that to more modern alt and rock music it, it, that's the kind of uh the thing that attracts me about music is it's that kind of feeling this feeling of timelessness or this feeling of almost like um like the voice of 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 the silence or the or the universal uh transmission you know that's happened since the beginning of time and like the 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 particular form it 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 embodies can change and and uh, be more current or more you know but I that's what I recognized like in in, in when I first heard Chris's voice and I first heard Soundgarden or Paco de Lucia or Fred Frith or the Beatles or you know this is or Zeppelin um, there's there's just this feeling of of um, of it being this um, 
like almost almost imagine like when when I listen to Bach, uh, it's almost like it's always playing uh, before time and after time, and you plug into it and 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 it, and you listen to it for a bit, and then you step away from it. It's that it's I think it's that feeling that 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 all the all the stuff that I grew up listening to, and especially because I had to move so many times and never really felt uh, um, I felt more like a citizen of the world. Being, living in so many different countries, being exposed to so many different kinds of music, like um, Indian classical, you know, uh, flamenco, rock, and I started to see this this connection through all things. The things that attracted me to 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 any kind of music, you know, is that it, it sounds like somebody's uh, complete, total abandon, losing their sense of ego, being in the moment, just just. Uh, exploding with connection and and resonance and empathy like it's it's all one thing and 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 we're alive now and it's this kind of feeling you know and and i, I think it just kind of rubbed off on on everything and, and the the tension and release of, of of like exploring that like like that feeling of of a dramatic uh arc of of a, of a song and and i love it when music sounds like like uh like dangerous in it you know what i mean it has a danger to it yeah like like this is serious they they mean this you know yeah whether it's news of or gospel music or or uh blind willie johnson or 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 like you know all the stuff that just it just sounds it sounds like like uh the expression of this 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 kind of joyful scream of like existing, you know, like mm-hmm. oh my god, I can't believe I'm here now. This is crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's beautiful. It's all things at once, and and um, you know, it's it's frustrating when you can't uh, when when your when your mind doesn't allow you to go back to that, you know. Um, when you're in the moment of, of of the blessing that it is to be to to be making music and and, and to mm-hmm. be on stage or recording, and and uh, something takes you out of that zone, it just like it's so if it, it's so hard. I, mean, I always try to figure out a way to to like, but it's you know you can't always you know make avoid that from happening. Yeah. It's like but coming out I'm of a so dream happy. and trying to get back into it. When you wait, you're like, right. no, no, wake up, no, wake up, go back, yeah, go exactly. back, <laughs> yeah, go back, go back, turn around, it's not safe. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of these things that uh, that we've all experienced, uh, um, you know, in any kind of uh, creative, uh, whether music or painting or poetry or or even daily life. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 you're, you're just making a building. Uh, and and you just see the beauty of, of of the process of creation, you know, and and, and it's really it's 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 one of the few evidence evidence uh, based things that 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 I, I can hang on to, in terms of some kind of a spiritual aspect to the universe, you know. Mm. I certainly don't completely trust what some people have told me about or written down, you know, mm-hmm. but my own experience connecting to to that feeling. Like that, that unity that, that that music can create with uh, with other human beings and yeah. and what it points at, you know, and the evidence of that. It's like that and watching a nature show where you see nature at work and you're like, yeah, man, there's something beautiful happening here, and and that's enough. I don't need to know the particulars. It doesn't matter to me. 
you know yeah as long as it ultimately it's cool then then we're all good I, I, I don't need to argue with anyone about it i don't need to convince anyone about it i still don't know what it is i it's i love the mystery of it and that i think that's as a self-taught musician i think that's something that i still appreciate like like Yes, part of me wants to like. I would love to be able to play, you know, giant steps, or the rhythm changes, or or you know. But the fact is, I you know, in my life, I've been led to just be in the moment, and and try to retain the 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 the, the kind of magical aspect of it. And it's still mysterious to me, you know, what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And and so and so, um, yeah. I mean, I love it. I love it. It's it's. Well, you guys know. You know, it's it, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony's got Alan, a question. Uh, he's dying to ask you. Jumping at the bit. So earlier you mentioned that you have not only a lot, many different guitars and things like that, and other instruments, but hundreds, millions, millions and millions, hundreds and millions, millions. But most often we see you uh, playing either a cigar box guitar or your trusty mm-hmm. jazz master. And I was kind of yeah. curious what what about the what is it about those instruments that uh, that you gravitate to? Well, I think I think with uh, with a cigar box, my, my friend Matty Barato uh, made um, makes them, and uh, I got my first one of a four string. Um, the first time I played it was on uh, Show Me Something um, on Halloween Book two thousand three, but then he made me an eight string, and it was the instrument I had with me when I was touring Crooked Vultures, and then Spark came out of the fact that I had this instrument with me. It's very portable. It's two and fourths in C. Um, I spent so many hours with JPJ, like uh, uh, John Paul Jones, like, you know, being his his, his uh, rhythm uh, buddy, you know, like, Al, would you just... Uh, he didn't say it like that, but he goes like, you know, just. Oh, come on, you know, give us a good impersonation. You can do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, well, I was really funny because um, anyway, uh, he would just solo on the mandolin and I would just play rhythm for him because as you do, because he's a genius. And right. And 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 and, and it's, an, it's just an extra abstract insanity that I'm even there. I'm doing this, you know, but it's really funny because English people have a way of of uh, of. Uh, doing this little put down thing that is cute, but also you can't come back from. Yeah. So I'm, I'm minding my own business playing a cigar box on the front of the bus because I can't sleep. And he goes from, comes out from the back, from his back bunk to get the, the special juice that's in the front part of the, of the bus. <laughs> and he, he walks past me, he stops and he goes, Oh, that's silly. <laughs> Like, I'm like, what's silly? Like, this is silly? I'm like, I'm like, what do I say? No, it's not silly. That's not a comeback, you know? He's so cute. Anyway, I, I love it because he would be like, Al, there's a there's an ancient instrument museum exhibit. Let's go. And on a day off in Boston. You know, it's like, when Jumbo Jones is like, you know, texting you in the morning to like, to go join him. And oh, it's so, it's so incredible. Yeah. That's, that's pretty um, remarkable. And then how about your jazz master? The Jazz Master is one of these things that, that the factory stamp is my birthday, actual birthday and year, you know. Oh, nice. Um, and so it's just been with me since the 80s. I got it for 350 bucks, you know. Wow. I put the Seymour Duncans on it, and it's just always been with me. And it's like, it's the kind of instrument that, that you can tune every six weeks, you know. 
I mean, I'm not kidding. It literally like does not budge, you know. Wow. And it's it's become so second nature, like in uh, in the Vultures tour in '11 on Cornell's record, before in morning, and and before that, and what is this, you know? And um, there's so many times where where it almost got lost, it almost got destroyed, and almost, but it doesn't. It just keeps. You don't know how many times it's like fallen over in this most insanely scary racket like yeah pow you know fell off the stage <laughs> you know fell like 10 feet on its side bounced three times and it doesn't even have a scratch on it i'm like oh my god what what's what's up with this thing you know <laughs> like it has the original bridge the original bridge which i've been fine-tuning with a little jeweler's uh file you know and it just stays in tune and it just does its thing and it's it's alive, I tell you, it's alive. <laughs> it's a, you know, it is. It's just as crazy. I love it. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, Alan, um, I know that we could probably go on for about uh, three or four more hours. Um, but uh, <laughs> in the in the spirit of. Um, of the show and the spirit of uh, being mindful of, of your time, we are going to transition out of this and, and who knows, I, we'd love to have you back some other time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to just, just you, you let me know and we can continue chatting. There's so many things yeah. we could yeah. chat about. Yeah. I've, I've got a pile of things that I still want to ask you at some point. <laughs> um, so uh, we've got a little part of our show here called, would you rather? Oh, that was pretty crappy. Well, yeah, you know, I'm sick and all. Would you rather? Okay, nice. Well, nice harmony there. That's yeah. nice. nice. <laughs> all right. A, this dis- a dissonant harmony. This one's especially uh, for you, yes. Alan. Um, oh, custom, custom crafted. Custom crafted. Oh, poo. Okay, yeah. And um, and and there's uh, it's it's we're tapping into. Uh, one of the instruments that we just kind of talked about, and as well as another the, instrument, the the mystic uh, quality that you te- you can you can bring to uh, to the sa- to the sound to the audios. All right, Tony, go. Mm-hmm. So, the, did I mention that the El Camino's in the shop? No, let's the transmission blue. I'm still waiting. So. You know, we're not we're not going to be able to take the El Camino down. All right, all right. So, but oh, this time it's, we do have your old Subaru Brat. So, oh, to, so Alan and I can ride in the back. Exactly. Oh perfect. my god, I love it. That would be perfect. I Let's go. It. So, this this time you're on a tour in a tour bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're driving through the desert in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. The tour bus breaks down. Hmm. Everyone is asleep on the bus, but you can't sleep, and you walk outside of the bus, and you're wandering through the desert. You're walking down the desert. <laughs> you're wandering through the desert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Suddenly, there appears a mystic shaman. Oh. And Ooh. he says, hello. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a hood and everything. He's got very long fingers. Okay. You can kind of see yes. this, yes. as I'm doing here. Picture, if you will. He says, uh, I noticed you're a musician. And I have two options for you. The first option is a cigar box guitar 
made mm-hmm. from Pandora's box. What? Oh, the yeah, real yeah, Pandora's the box? real Pandora's oh, box. Okay. Geez. The other option is a Jazzmaster-style guitar made from wood from the Flying Dutchman. Whoa. <laughs> this is... Uh, so some supernatural stuff yeah, going on we are, here. Yeah, we are we are we are really going out on the on yes. the mystic spectrum here. Walking the pl- the plank, so to speak. Yes. And, and okay, this is a a very unique one, I would say. Yes, yes. it's okay. custom. Yeah. It's custom crafted. Yeah. So which do you choose yes. and why? Okay. So first we're gonna check in. We're gonna we're gonna ask. Tony. Tony's going to walk away from the announcer booth. Yes. And uh, we're going to ask Tony Baloney here, what is his choice? I yes. am going to choose, I, I'm afraid of Pandora's box. Yeah. So I'm going to skip right over that. I'm going to the Flying Dutchman Jazzmaster. Okay. So I can Ooh, have immortality in Davy Jones' locker. Okay. All right. That's my choice. <laughs> All right. I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, Alan, how about yourself? I think I would take Pandora's box because because once I you know the cigar box already has the kind of opening in the front and so I, I can imagine that uh, that uh, I could somehow coax the cigar box to become anything and all things and uh, um, and not necessarily like that there would there would be like all chaos you know you could also just you know it, the whole point of Pandora's box is that you open it up and and then just everything appears you know so so I would think this a Pandora's cigar box would be all amazing right. all right good answer Todd I'm I'm also going with I don't like the idea of the of being chained to something for all eternity so Flying Dutchman can just uh, I'll bypass that one thank you very much um and uh I'm gonna go for Pandora's box too because yeah. I I like the idea of 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 a little bit of I don't know what's gonna happen here. Right, exactly. I'm gonna pick this up and I don't know exactly what's gonna happen. I'm going to be part of the experience, but I'm not going to be controlling the experience. I think that that could be really, really fun. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, yeah. I'm by myself you once again. You are yet again on an island. Uh, yes. An island yes. by myself. So with we're doing this cool because then we got it covered. Like between the three of us, we, we you know, it's we all going to happen. Got it. We got it good. It's all going to work out. All right. Well, thank you to the genius who came up with that one. <laughs> who would that be? Sorry. Was that yeah. Jared? Did Jared no, come up uh, with that he, one? He, yeah, he probably did. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, um, we, uh, we got to thank a, a couple of people and then we're going to exit out, okay? Thank you. And All thanks. right. Let's Here do we it. go. Let's go, Tony. Yes, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a very special group of people that we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, you might be wondering what an executive producer is, or more importantly, how you can become one. Quite simple. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Each level comes with some very, very nice thank you gifts and opportunities to win things Mm -hmm. and a handwritten note from Todd himself. (laughs) That worth the price of admission any day of the week. Hmm. And 
But there's one thing more, Todd. Yes, you get you have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing, and that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Barazin, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk. Did I say that right? Gottschalk. Yeah. Got, yeah. Gottschalk. Yeah. Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, Andrew DeHaan, James Bell, and James Romer. Yes. Recently new James Romer. James and James. Well, thank you guys so, so very much. But for wait, Todd, there's uh-huh. more because there's a special I group. never seem to learn. You never do. It's like you've never heard this podcast before. <laughs> 380 some episodes yeah. later. However many we have. There's a special group of executive producers. We call them our grand boobas. Yes. They wear fezes upon their head. They literally do, Alan. They literally do. They're required. They are required to wear a fez. So special, special, special. That's three special. Thanks to these grand boobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wild Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Essa. David Poe, Billy Spitfire, Congregation Gear Demos, but Todd, yes, I am so excited. This week we have two, count them, two I, I know. new it Grand Poobas. It blew my mind. Two in one oh. week. Yeah. So welcome aboard and a tip of the old fez to Paul Van Eppinger. Yes. And Scott Sullivan. Hello, Dolly. Thank you. you got, you're in great company. Let thank you. Thank you, you so much. Speaking thank of that you. great company, um, I did want to mention, Alan, uh, David Kamingo says hi. So I love me, David. I love me some David Kamingo. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love David Kamingo? I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We need to f- just, if we can give everybody a, a one more shot at finding the things that you do out there, including the documentary, go for it. Okay, so so I think now the documentary is just on, on a search on YouTube, Unfinished Plan, The Path of Alan Johannes. Uh, AlanYohannes.com, Alan Johannes on Instagram, Facebook, um, Wikipedia, there's stuff out there. You might like some of it. Uh, I try hard to make it awesome. Please join it. <laughs> join to listen. And that's it. Yeah. All right. Tony? Head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I do, which is custom pick guards. Let me know what you need, what you're yeah. trying to do. 
I will make something very special for you. Yep. Pickguardian.com. He just made a special one for my uh, Hagstrom. And Todd got five songs out of it. It's amazing. Uh, (laughs) You can shoot me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, at guitarnobs. Would love to hear from you. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to Dr. No for hooking us up with Alan. Um, Yeah. very, very excited. And he's coming on the show in a couple in a, in a couple episodes ahead, everybody. So be be looking out for oh, that. Oh, that's great. I can't wait. Yeah. Indeed. Um, Alan, we have uh, been blessed and honored to have your, uh, you, you on our show. Uh, this has been such a fantastic yes. time with you. And I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. I had an amazing time. Amazing time. I am very thankful. Well, we hope to cross paths with you again. In the meantime, everybody, have a fantastic guitar week. Go check out all on stuff in this documentary. And subscribe! Yes! Hey, hey Todd, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I get to speak English. I've been speaking only only by my Spanish. Uh, um, so it's, it's not, it's not going to be like, an Ita- like a Greek or Italian dinner where everyone's interrupting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I'm not. Okay. I, I need patch cables. Are they good patch cables? They're, They're well. Right. Wait till you hear this ad. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh boy, that didn't. That was interesting. You know. <laughs> sí, mira que yo me acuerdo muy bien de la rockeando yeah. con la guitarra. Yeah, you're like <laughs> yeah. You, you you listen to a lot of Pixies on the way over, right? Is that what you did? <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> My pal here, Tony hey. Dudzik. Uh, hey Tony, what's up? Nice. Thank you. All right, we'll chat soon. And then, okay. Okay. Uh, and everybody be healthy and happy. Okay. You too. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.